0: You're listening to the Oz Movies podcast only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to another week of the Oz Network as we bring you another Christmas movie as we extend our Christmas month for 2018 into Christmas month and a half. Because let's be honest, that usually takes us that long to get through some movies, anyway, nowadays, these days. So why not bring a couple of extra to see if we can actually stick to our schedule for once. Today we are looking at a movie that is one of the biggest hits in the history of movies that you've never heard of. The 2005 traditional family favourite... Santa's Slay, starring another wrestler. No, it's not Hulk Hogan this week. No, it's not The Rock. No, it's not Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's everybody's favourite B-list wrestler guy who was more famous, I think, in the WCW than ever, the WWE, Bill Goldberg. It's got a cavalcade of stars in this one that you just blink every five seconds as to somebody <laughs> new, including the iconic Emily Raven Oh, I'm looking forward to talking about this one. My name is Ben, and I wouldn't say no to Bush, but I prefer Cock.
1: And my name is Dixie Wrecked. I mean, <laughs> Tess Tickler. I mean, Colin.
0: <laughs> I often always get you confused with those um, those names. Um, wow, we are actually doing this movie. This is... Uh- <laughs> We said at the end of last week that, you know, how we sort of came about doing this movie, and Colin's like, watch the trailer, watch the trailer. So I watched the trailer, and I'm like, oh, this looks pretty awesome. Like, I can't wait to do <laughs> this movie. And uh, unlike some movies that we've seen in 2018, um, let's just put it out there, The Meg, um, the trailer kind of actually lived up to everything that we expected and more. <laughs> this movie is maybe one of the most random movies I've ever seen. But I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know what that makes about me. Um, this movie is kind of cool, Colin. Um, I, that's our history. I mean, we don't really have history with Sorry. this movie, too, except we've just watched this for the first time.
1: No, I mean, our history is you and Noah suggested this last year and we didn't have time. And then <laughs> when uh, we were picking movies for this year, we said, let's do Santa sleigh finally. Um uh, but I, I I I'm I'm amazed you said the Meg because that's exactly what I was thinking the entire time watching this. I'm like, if only the Meg had lived up to the ridiculous of the trailer. Because both of these movies are very similar, is that they they kind of presented themselves. I wouldn't go as far as to say like all out comedies, but really over the top, embracing B movie violence and entertainment and. The Meg just wasn't that at all. It was a brilliant marketing campaign. If you watch the trailer for this, like you said, the the, the movie lives up to the trailer. I don't know if it exceeds the trailer in any way, (laughs) but it is exactly what you expect. I mean, from the opening shot of Bill Goldberg as Santa Claus kicking a poodle into a ceiling fan, I mean, that's what this movie is. It's just over-the-top violence. There's a lot of, like you said, fun cameos here and there. And I was actually surprised that a movie hey there, that is, is clearly the- B grade did a good job with some of the fight scenes and some of the one liners are pretty clever as well. <laughs> I was surprised. I thought this would be like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll appreciate this on the level of, well, for a good, you know, good time for a B movie. But it's like, no, this, this. I I wouldn't be surprised if one day this movie caught on and it became kind of like a cult classic, you know, 20 years after the fact.
0: And let's be honest, it's um, so much more better than um, Santa with Muscles. And um, Bill Goldberg oh, is a lot more suited to this type of role than Hulk Hogan. I yeah. mean, I know Hulk <laughs> Hogan wasn't exactly going around killing people, but, uh, you know, Bill Goldberg, not a bad actor. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, uh, I will take some exception to you calling him a, a B star or whatever, just cause, oh, I think we established last week you didn't really watch a lot of WCW, but I think around the time that he was making a big, you know, my brother and I were probably more into WCW than WWF. And, uh, at the peak of WCW's popularity, when they were basically destroying WWF in the ratings, Bill Goldberg was their number one guy. And I think something like two or three of the highest rated uh, wrestling segments of all time featured Bill Goldberg. So if you're going to look at somebody, you know, over just like a one year period, he probably was as big as anybody got in the business. Um, and I know he had done some other movies because I remember, uh, one of the Universal Soldier movies he had a role in and uh, a couple other things, but I'm surprised after this that he didn't do more movies too, because like you said, he's not a bad actor. He's, Fully embracing the cheese of this movie. Uh, but he also seems to be just be having a blast. And in comparison to Hulk Hogan, who was very clearly in the movie for a paycheck with <laughs> Santa with Muscles, Bill Goldberg, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody just dropped the script on his desk. Said, hey, you want to fly out to Alberta and pretend you're in <laughs> Flin Flon, Manitoba for, you know, a month and a half and kill some people as Santa? He'd be like, that sounds like a blast. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the way I envision Bo- Gil- Bill Goldberg spending his retirement from wrestling.
0: I believe that's um, Flin Flon, Manitoba's tourism campaign. It's just like, come to Flin Flon and <laughs> pretend to kill people. Um, and, like,. How how ironic! I know ironic's the right word. Um, that we have a flintflon connection to this, based on I our know. history of flintflon love uh, through our <laughs> fellow podcasts. I mean, you know, everything seems to be coming up the Oz Network when it comes to doing Sanders. We should have done this a long time ago. <laughs>
1: Well, like let's let's run it down. I mean, when you guys discovered this, it was because you're, I'm guessing, going through filmographies while covering Lost. Yes. And then you notice there was a connection to Winnipeg, which tied into me. <laughs> and now we notice Flin Flon, which ties into our Olympics podcast <laughs> and our campaign for Flin Flon 2020 whatever. <laughs> it, this was, of all movies and all TV shows we've ever covered, this was the one that was meant to be. <laughs> like, it was written in the stars, in, in the, the book of Santa or whatever. Whatever it is, you know, somewhere in the the, the the epilogue, it talks about the legacy of Santa's sleigh on the Oz network.
0: We, um, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> we, we, I think we discovered this purely on the fact that we were like, what else has Emily DeRaven done? Um, and it was like Santa's sleigh what's that and then it just kind of went from there so that's literally our history with this film when it comes to that but I mean like this is one that it's interesting with um Christmas movies and everything because I mean I, I it's really hard to find anything on this isn't it like in terms of kind of I mean, was this even released at the movies? Because according to Box Office Mojo, it wasn't. (laughs) Like, it's just, I don't know if there's much on this about what happened with this film.
1: No, and I never heard of this movie either. And uh, I think um, we talked about this with Santa with Muscles as well, that it's a movie that I heard was so bad, but it's not like I ever saw it in a video store. I never saw it it in a bargain bin at Walmart. And this is kind of the same thing, and I, I can pinpoint like the worst of the worst b movies uh that have shown up in like a walmart bargain bin and <laughs> this i've never laid eyes on this cover before i've never seen the poster uh, i did find an interesting fact as far as the box office goes i think this was just released straight to dvd in 2005 but there is one country that this had a box office release in um, if you don't find that we'll talk about it on the end because it's kind of funny one place where this actually played theatrically
0: was it new zealand
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> not New Zealand.
0: Okay. I was about to say this country that I'm in right now maybe just surprises everyone. Um but this is gonna be one where we don't uh we don't rush through it like we did last week. I think we're gonna enjoy talking <laughs> about this one, but I still feel that we're not really gonna take a whole lot of time doing this one because it's only it only gets like eighty minutes basically, yeah, this movie. Um, now, uh, Mallory did watch this movie with me, uh, and she basically said, I enjoyed Santa with muscles more. Uh, oh, <laughs> so God. I know. Uh, did Jamie watch this movie with you?
1: No, she didn't. Um, I don't even think she saw the trailer. Part of the problem is I was watching this when Casper was at home, and I could tell from the trailer this is not something I want to be exposing my two-and-a-half-year-old to. <laughs> um, but uh, it's one that, like... I will show her. I'll tell her, like even if you just have to go on YouTube and watch a couple of clips of it. It's like the room you know when when I saw the room i I was like, This thing is brilliant, and she's like you know watching a few seconds of it. And saying this is, like, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And then after a while, it just sort of clicks and she starts quoting it all the time. Like, I can see this being something that she would really embrace. So I'm going to preemptively give this a buy-it from Jamie.
0: Okay. Well, uh, um... She obviously- just said
1: no, but I will prove her wrong.
0: <laughs> obviously, I'm assuming this is a bin from Mallory. But um I'm going to go out and say that this is the room of Christmas movies. Um just yes! to, to put it out there. So maybe we have to celebrate this one every single year too, uh, when it comes to doing recaps and things like that. Um but we start off straight away with the have everyone watched the trailer last week. Um basically everything that happens in the trailer is this opening section of the movie. Um <laughs> This is all it really is, because we have all our big stars sitting around the Christmas dinner table, uh, including the one, the only, Fran Drescher. Uh, we've talked about her enough that finally we get to cover her in an episode. We have Chris Katard, a favourite of mine. Uh, for all our Nip Tuck fans out there, the woman with the curly hair, played by Rebecca Gayhart, she, of course, was Natasha in uh, Nip Tuck for a couple of episodes. Um, and who else have we got at this table? Um, uh,
1: Academy Award nominee James Kahn.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. I was trying to remember his name there. Um, uh, so basically the who's who of everyone in this movie is about to get absolutely slaughtered in the space of like five minutes. Um, we've got everybody complaining about this Christmas turkey. Um, we've got Fran Drescher who's horny for Chris Catan. Um, then some woman's praying that for not making them poor or Samoan. Um... <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Oh. And then out of nowhere, we have Santa come down the chimney, except it's Bill Goldberg Santa, son of Satan, who makes his uh, presence known by kicking a poodle. We have... <laughs> Fran Drescher going, Santa! Eh. and <laughs> I'm guessing that's deliberately done. That They've got out of their way to get Fran Drescher to make, I guess, nothing more than a cameo, um, to give her most annoying laugh and... And then Bill Goldberg promptly goes about killing every single one of these people by stabbing knives in the table and forcing their head down on a turkey leg uh by burning <laughs> Frank Tresher's head. <laughs> killing people with a Christmas star. Uh And then that's the beginning of the movie before we kind of get our animated opening credits with sort of pictures of storybooks and a language. At first, I'm thinking, am I going blind or is that not in English? Um so I mean straight away we're like, oh my god, what the hell are we watching?
1: Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Let's just say it.
0: It's so good.
1: Um the, the the funny thing about this movie is it it gives you no explanation. I mean there are sections of the movie where it will explain the plot or what the scent is, but they just jump into Santa just coming in killing people it's so over the top and and none of it makes sense but it doesn't care and this is just like a balls to the walls violent horror movie and it's funny because I was thinking like do you classify this as a comedy do you classify it as a horror a horror comedy and I don't really think it's any of those things I mean I, I'm I'm struggling to think of what genre this could be because it's not really horror because it's more I would say uh, really graphic cartoony violence and not really like horror. And the comedy is not, uh, I mean, there's some hilarious moments, but the movie is more, I don't know, almost like a satire than it is an all out comedy. It's just, you can't even describe what this movie is. But I mean, the opening sequence is everything you hoped it would be from the trailers. I mean, he not only kicks the poodle into the ceiling fan, but that shoots the poodle up the chimney. (laughs) And, uh, with Fran Drescher, okay, now, We've mentioned here many times before my thing with burning people. Um, <laughs> this sick thing about me. You know, Bill Goldberg likes to kick poodles and uh, burn uh, <laughs> TV stars. But my weird thing is that I find it hilarious to see a person on fire. You know, I don't want to actually watch people burn. I'm not like a arsonist or anything, but – if somebody's like, like, like their hair gets set on fire and they're just panicky, that's like, I, I will lose it. I will be in tears laughing so hard. Uh, this was like the, it was like the writer and directors sat down and said, which part of this is going to make Colin laugh? Cause <laughs> the image of this, people need to see it. Even if you don't watch the movie, just Google. Fran Drescher, burning Santa's sleigh. (laughs) You'll see how incredible this image is, because she just screams for probably two minutes straight as her head is engulfed in flames. (laughs) And then just the cameos, too, like you said. I mean, I don't know how much we're going to get into it or if there's a a, a filmography of this guy, but the director of this movie was basically Brett Ratner's assistant. So obviously he had called in some favors, and Brett Ratner himself produced this movie. I mean, it's such a low-budget movie, it didn't get a high profile, but there were enough, you know, favors out there that need to be repaid where they got a ton of stars in here. Like you, you ran down pretty much the entire cast of the opening sequence here. It's all celebrity cameos and some big names. I mean, James Caan, especially. Uh, if I have one complaint about this opening scene, it's that it missed opportunity with James Caan's death. I mean, I think he should have been the one to have his head set on fire <laughs> just because this is, this is Sonny Corleone from The Godfather. And if anybody were to come up with a list of the most famous or the most violent deaths in movie history, he's easily in the top five in The Godfather, if not the easy number one. Uh, So for him to kind of just get stabbed through the hands, I I don't know. I kept expecting something bigger out of it. But uh, I mean – Regardless, I, I guess the funnier image of the two is going to be Fran Drescher burning alive and not James Caan. But this is this is just brilliant. I mean, I, I don't think anything else in the movie reaches this level of brilliance. <laughs> this is kind of the peak here. But there's still more good stuff to come. But if you're not going to watch anything else, watch the opening
0: sequence, please. I just love the fact that every single time Bill Goldberg is on screen, he's just killing people in the most random fashion. <laughs> and again, like as you said, there's no explanation for this. Um, and we, you know, even sort of the explanation that we will get is just so kind of basic that it's just, it's just so over the top the way he does it. And going back to your point at the very beginning and when you said that it just looks like he's having fun and mm. it, it, this is the absolute difference in the opening what 5 minutes of this film compared to Santa with muscles is that Bill <laughs> Goldberg is absolutely loving every single moment of this and this mm. is where wrestlers who become actors can can do things well like this because this is of just like a a showy role like he's just a dick and like that's what wrestling is isn't it it's kind of just like I'm going mm. over the top I'm being a showman um so yeah it's just it's so <laughs> perfect for him and, oh, it's just it's kicking the poodle.
1: <laughs> you know, last week it was about violence against children. This week, we, we're totally advocating violence against animals. We're just saying it, we're owning it.
0: I don't get that line, though, about like, thanks for not making his poor or Samoan. <laughs> I don't want to say they're too loud here in New Zealand because you know there's a lot of Samoans here and they're big people and they're lovely people, like and they're not people that you want to piss off. Um, but oh, it's just it's so random. Um, but anyway, we're now on Christmas Eve uh, in the township of Hell. Uh, is I mean this is obviously meant to be in the US, but this is all filmed in Canada. Uh,
1: well- no, but that's my question because, like, our main character wears a flinflon jersey for most of the movie, and they catch a flight to Winnipeg later. Like, I was under the assumption, especially because who else is gonna be wearing a flinflon jersey than somebody who lives in northern Manitoba? I-, I thought that maybe this was supposed to be a Canadian city.
0: Well, then I guess also because when he's listening to the radio, he's listening to Radio ninety nine FM, the Great One um and he's also ah. wearing a jersey at the very beginning with the Greyhounds on it with the number 99 on it so i mean there's <clears> a <throat> random Wayne Gretzky connection too so yeah i mean there is there is definitely a scene where there's an american flag in it so i don't know
1: well there's a lot of patriots in flint or uh <laughs> american turncoats <let's> say.
0: <laughs> a lot of proud um canadian americans uh in the town of hell um, in, uh, you know, Noritoba. if you go to
1: Wyoming, you see a lot of, uh, like, uh, flags for Samoa as well. So <laughs> yeah. it's not just here in Flin Flon. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, Wyoming, often known as Little Samoa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're in a, uh, a sandwich shop where we meet this grandmother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just walks in smoking a cigarette and he's like yelling at this kid, um, and saying that you're as loopy as your crackpot grandmother, um, leaves and tells them to all go fuck themselves. <laughs> we meet, uh, our main character, this kid who, what is this kid? Is it Nick? Yeah, Nicholas. Played by the esteemed Douglas Smith. Um, who is Canadian? I'm seeing here. Was in Big Love. I, I've not seen him in anything before. He's not the best actor. Are you familiar with this kid? Uh,
1: you know, I was looking at his filmography earlier today, and I don't think it was something I saw, but the most recent thing he did, he was starring in something that was, you know, a, a much bigger movie or TV show. Can you see what he did recently?
0: Uh, the A The Alienist, uh When We Rise, Bottom of the World, The Bye Bye Man, Miss Sloane, he was in Terminator, Genesis. Bye bye Man. Bye bye Man. Yeah, Bye
1: Bye Man, which was a horror movie that came out uh last year, I think, that was of course written by Survivor three time player Jonathan Penner.
0: Oh, was so, that the, the worst film of 2017 or whatever it
1: was? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it it was a big hit and it was written by Jonathan Penner.
0: Academy Award nominee, Jonathan Penner. That's right. Um, so there you go.
1: He's worked with two Academy Award nominees, James Kahn and Jonathan Penner.
0: Geez, he's really up there. We also uh, meet the owner of this uh, Sandwich Shops, uh, played by Sol Rubinek, who, I mean, he's been in millions and one things. Are you familiar with Sol? Sol? How do you say his name? Yeah, Sol?
1: Saul, I think, yeah. I mean, he's one of these guys that you recognise from everything, but you will never be able to pinpoint what it is you recognise him from.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was in Rush Hour 2, um, so working with Brett Ratner. Um, and this granny then drives off. She can't see above the wheel, uh, and then here comes Santa again with his reindeer, which is what actually looks like a bison or something like that, and just smashes the grandma <laughs> off the road, flips and blows up, uh, just randomly, because why not? Um, meanwhile, uh, the owner of the sandwich shop gives Nick, and we also meet Emily Raven for the first time, <laughs> who can I just say in about two minutes um, with an American accent is already a better actor than his six seasons of Lost. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> he gives Christmas presents of a clock and a snow globe. Ooh. Um and I'm I'm not gonna call her Mary, her name's Emily DeRaven or Claire, alright? That's all she's gonna get called in this. <laughs> she offers to give Nick a ride home because he's got a weird scooter in the snow. <laughs> um and then they drive back to his place and she's listening to hip hop Christmas carols. Um and I do love the fact that when he puts his scooter in the the trunk of this uh you know we call it a ute I guess you'd call it a truck um like he still pops the tray down even though he could just literally lift it over the side of the tray um she's obviously very into him but um he doesn't really care that much Um, He has to open, like, 30,000 locks to get inside his house. His grandfather's the worst grandfather in the world because he's been missing for a couple of days. So he just walks inside (laughs) watching some weird football game on TV, which I swear there's a team called the Golden Showers. Um,
1: and then, also from Flim Flon.
0: Yep, the Flim Flon Golden Showers The iconic uh, football team um, The power goes out, he goes into the basement And this is kind of where you're thinking like, "Oh, This is going to be a bit of a horror movie or something like that But no, the power comes on And we meet freaky old Grandpa Played by Robert Culp um, Who smashes another box of Globes Oh, it's the second box of Globes I've dropped tonight <laughs> this is just where there's just so much random stuff. He's invented a record player that you can wear as a backpack with headphones. Clearly the iPod hasn't reached Hell Township Manitoba. Um, they go walking up the stairs. you hear a cracking sound. you think it's the ch- uh, the stairs. you realize he's farted in his face um, and he's also got a <laughs> nutcracker thing that shoots a bullet or something drops a line about saying like oh, that's as bad idea as brown colored toilet paper. <laughs> 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 um and then randomly we cut back to goldberg killing a mugger uh, he's randomly standing there ringing his bell for the salvation army and then some little girl walks out and he's like santa does an angel get its wings or something like that santa's trying to dispose of a body on the street um, And I might just sort of go up here to When we've got Grandpa back with Nick Starting to tell him a little bit of a story From this book of Claws We find out they've got Norwegian heritage That there was an um, only two Immaculate conceptions in the history of the world God and Satan And that Santa is Satan's son Yep, fair enough uh- <laughs>
1: Wait, wait Don't leave out that Santa Is the son of Satan and Erica Yeah <laughs>
0: Who is Erica? Uh, <laughs> who is she? Um, we're going to hear more of that story soon. Emily D'Raven comes over with some um, fresh Wolverine to eat. Um, whatever that is. Um, and, yeah, where else are we up to here? Um, I've got written here, I don't mean to sound vengeful, but what are you fucking retarded? I've written that down. Um <laughs> That's
1: a line in the movie.
0: Yes. Um. Oh, <laughs> we're about to go to the church scene. I feel like I've missed something there, but anyway, I might just sort of cap it there. But it's just 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 the dialogue between Nicholas and his grandfather is just so random. It's this is where it does sort of remind you of the room because it's kind of like, well, what's this record player thing got to do with it? Because he's an inventor, but like, what's this got to do with anything? Um, it's just, but it's at the point where it's kind of, you know, Santa with muscles had a lot of, what's this got to do with anything? This is stupid. Whereas this has got, what's this got to do with anything? But it's kind of hilarious. I like it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the more random and irrelevant to the story it is, the better it is for this movie. A yes. uh, perfect example of some of the really great lines in this movie. When the old lady is asking what's in a certain type of sandwich, and, uh, uh, Nicholas here, who I thought I was going to hate just this, you know, kind of boring teenage kid. He's really hilarious in this movie. He starts running down the ingredients like turkey, avocado, and <laughs> you can tell she's not paying attention. She's like Altoids, Cheerios, gummy bears. <laughs> she's still going, okay, okay. Um, even better is, uh, during the chase scene when, um, uh, Santa is running this old lady or trying to run this o- old lady, this grandma off the road, and she turns around in her her car and just goes, "Suck it!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I did have a bit of an issue with the the storyline of Nicholas here, you know, uh, for Christmas where he he talks about I always wanted an Optimus Prime or a Castle Grayskull, and I ended up getting an easy bake oven. Uh, which comes up later, but it's just the age of this kid I really question because he's supposed to be, what, 14 in this movie, did they say? I think
0: 16. He types that in that little chat box later on, doesn't oh, he? Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so he's 16. This is 2005. I mean, that means he was born, like, 1989. I don't think that, like, He-Man and Transformers <laughs> were really... Hot at that point. I definitely know by the 90s they weren't. This is just one of those lines where it was clear it was written by, you know, a, a guy who was much older. Uh, it would kind of be like if nowadays you had a 15 year old kid and they were talking about, oh, yeah, I always wanted a Power Ranger when I was a kid. It's like, well, that was kind of a generation prior to you. Um, but I, I, I was just, I was surprised how much I liked this Nicholas kid. Like he's, <laughs> he's really good with the one liners without actually hamming it up for the camera. Uh what else the, the grandpa's amazing. <laughs> I love how uptight Nicholas get and how sensitive he is every time somebody calls his grandpa wacko or crazy <laughs> or something like that uh like he almost kicks out uh claire for <laughs> uh talking about. does he, he they have a conversation when uh she brings him his christmas present or whatever the the raw meat whatever. yeah
0: it's the, the wolverine
1: the <laughs> wolverine and uh she's talking about him being crazy it's like uh you know my grandpa isn't like the president of the the local uh rifles association or whatever and just her dad being a hillbilly or whatever uh but these two work better together you said maybe it is the american accent because she is so much better here than on Lost. yes and i think <laughs> she somehow got worse on Lost with every season to the point Agree. where i think was, was it the sixth season where she comes back as like the crazy yeah uh, she's, been the she's been left behind
0: she's been left behind on the island everyone's gone and then when they come back she's all like where's my baby where's my She's got, like, a little stick thing in a cot, basically. Yeah, no, she's terrible (laughs) by the end. (laughs) Yeah, she was that great in the beginning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely got worse as it went on, but, like, she needs to do more movies like this, because I think she was having fun as well. Um, We we haven't gotten up... I guess we're going to go up to the... Uh, The stripper sequence next, that's going to be the big one. Uh, so, yeah, it's so what we'll kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I, I like all this stuff, especially with the grandma yelling at Santa to suck it.
0: <laughs> it's just, again, so random, but it's just everything. And you have no reason for Santa doing any of what he's doing right now. And even like we we're getting half explained in this book that he might be the son of Satan or something like that. <laughs> and erica and erica his mother renowned evil person uh when you think of evil people in the world you know you think of satan and hitler and erica uh- <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so we <laughs> To the strip scene, basically. Now uh, but we've got a random church scene where we meet our uh, priest friend for this movie. Again, <laughs> he's just such a random character. What is the purpose of this priest guy? Uh, there is like no reason for him, and he's familiar too. Um, I think that's
1: how last. Dave Thomas.
0: Oh, okay. Right, right, right. He, um... I think Rat Race is where I know him from. Um... Well, he's his, um there
1: There's a TV show called SCTV, which was kind of like Canada's Saturday Night Live that was, like, absolutely huge. It launched so many people like John Candy... Uh, uh, Rick Moranis um, Martin Short all of them started on SCTV and the most famous uh, skit that Dave Thomas was in was him and Rick Moranis had these two characters they were just like these typical Canadian guys they just sit around talking about hunting and drinking beer they made a movie called Strange Brew out of it uh they were called like doug and bob mckenzie so anybody in canada knows these two characters uh but on sctv that was like their canadian content they they were the canadian characters on that show
0: right right okay well he's randomly in this film as a priest who's begging everyone to give bills and not coins uh at church on christmas eve um and we're kind of wondering, well, why on earth is he doing this? And we find out about five minutes later, so he can go to a strip club and shove them down um people's underwear. See, Colin, this is a strip club where people go to, <laughs> where women or men, depending on the strip club, take off their clothes for money. Uh, just in case you were wondering. Uh, then Santa shows up. Uh, they valet parking at this strip club where it involves trying to park this bison sleigh thing, which eventually he's going to eat the valet. <laughs> <laughs> Goldberg kills his guard with a Christmas wreath, walks inside to the strip club where we see the priest getting all, uh, you know, into it, and then this is where. Coleman <laughs> from the trailer, ho ho ho! <laughs> and then <he laughs> gets this woman over to kiss her. Uh, Then he kind of looks up and we realise there's mistletoe. The stripper doesn't even really see the mind at this point. But then we get a massive bar fight which just involves Goldberg killing every single person in this bar that is trying to attack him, including the random bit where he gets the stripper pole, but he's a bit, you know, he, he likes him clean, so he cleans the stripper pole before throwing it at a guy and electrocuting him uh, and then throws a weird fireball to burn the whole place down walks outside and that's when we see the bison eating the valet uh- I mean I I don't feel like we just need to talk about this scene separately it's just so randomly stupid but it's hilarious at the same time again it's it's on the the same page as the room where it's so dumb but it's great <laughs>
1: That like some of the gags are really clever here. Um, you mentioned the the reindeer or whatever, Blitzen eats the valet. Uh, first, I just love the the little gag where uh, Goldberg steps out of his sleigh and hands the guy a key <laughs> to the sleigh that is wide open, and the valet just sits there. It's like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this? But when they come back to the valet, it's not just that. It's like, oh, he ate the valet. You see the reindeer chewing on something, and Goldberg pulls it out, and you realize it's the valet's hat. (laughs) So such a great reveal. And then that moment you mentioned with the stripper pole, that was so good because he goes in there. He's killing everybody. He's fondling strippers, doing everything you could imagine. And then he pulls the pole out and pulls out a bottle of Lysol. (laughs) <laughs> Disinfect sprays, the stripper pole wipes it down while actually making a disgusted face and going like, eww. <laughs> it's just fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this scene, another one of the highlights of the movie, too. Um, I'm excited. You know what's funny? Because, uh, you would think, like, with Santa with Muscles, we did it in 60 minutes. We're basically going scene by scene here, because coming up after this, we're going to have another really great scene with the, the claymation <laughs> backstory, which is going to be good, too.
0: We just, we, we're going through it so quickly, and it's again, it's one of these moments where it's, it's, it's for the better. We're not doing this, like, last week, like, oh, God, let's get this over and done with. Like, we're just enjoying this so much. But uh, yeah, we've got Emily Durabit and Nicholas at the house. This is, yeah, the bit you were talking about where he kind of goes off at her and she leaves and is all like, oh, you know, when you realise you want a proper relationship. Like, it's kind of it's a weird thing between these two, isn't it? Because she's so into him. He doesn't really seem to give a shit. And spoiler alert, by the end of it, he's into her. So, yep, okay. But I mean, you know, it's not like they don't have chemistry or anything like that. You just kind of assume that something's happening there. But, um, he sulks by reading this book of claws, and then this is where we get this claymation backstory of what, what, the reason why Santa is like this. So essentially, Santa, the son of Satan and a angel guy, basically had a bet a thousand years ago in curling. Uh, (laughs) All satanic bets should be based on curling. That whoever gets the curling stone closest to a hole in ice without it falling in wins the bet. And if Santa wins, this angel is damnationed into hell for all eternity. But if the angel wins, then Santa has to turn Christmas into a day for giving and joy and not kill any people for a thousand years. Why it doesn't say forever and only makes it a thousand years, I don't know. And then through all of this, we find out that a thousand years ends today, and that this is why, uh, that Santa is here killing every single person. Uh, so, (laughs) what movie has curling as the the bet to, I mean, you know, this is, this is such a Canadian movie. This is Canadian. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and also, just the throwback of using claymation in a Christmas movie too is great. Uh, the, the animation is pretty good too, but I mean, it's it's just it is so Canadian. This is one of the other reasons where I think you know, even if we saw an American flag, I mean, a you have a flimflown jersey, and B you have curling, not only coming up here, but coming up later in the movie as well. I mean, like you said, this is the most Canadian uh, Christmas movie I think I've ever seen.
0: Now, we have um, some random... <laughs> a random scene here of kids getting Christmas presents. <laughs> 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 they walk down there and like, can't wait to see what shit we got. Fuck who knows, can we open this? <laughs> to which they open up two presents and it blows up. Their heads get blown <laughs> And the parents are just staring, sitting there staring at their kids and the grandmother's just like, fuck. Yes, violence against children, finally. these <laughs> <laughs> kids just get their heads blown off. And for, for whatever reason, it's so funny. Poodles are getting kicked. Kids are getting their heads blown off. This movie's the best movie ever.
1: <laughs> Old ladies are telling Santa to suck it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> people burning. wear flin flan merchandise it doesn't get any better human that humanity bets based on curling uh, yes a and fran dress
1: you're being burned alive <laughs> it's the christmas we all grew up wanting <laughs>
0: This is this is where we need to have like an annual list where we do like, what's our top 10 movies we've covered this year and what's our bottom <laughs> ones? And the then, Room <laughs> Santa Sleigh, <laughs> And this is the year that we covered 2001 A Space Odyssey, one of the most influential <laughs> movies in the history of movies. Jurassic Park. Uh, <laughs> cool Runnings. <laughs> what comes out on the top? The Room Santa Sleigh. And Godzilla, 1998. <laughs> <laughs> um, the priest where on Christmas Day. He's praying for the strippers, including Dixie Wrecked and Testicular. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the random, like, childish names that they have in this movies that just come across as just so, like, oh, yeah, you know, this is cock. This is, this is Bush. Um... <laughs> We I uh, just might love a few bits here and so Santa breaks into uh the sandwich store uh on Christmas Day and kills uh poor old Sol Rubenek with a the Hanukkah candle whatever that's called. Uh <laughs> poor old man just dies. Um <laughs> and uh then he runs outside and um are they are they are they Jewish or Amish? Because they call them Amish. But I thought they were Jewish. Yeah, I was about to say, I thought they were Jewish, and just the cops are just being bastards, I guess. Basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Randomly, Nicholas shows up to a gas station where there's some new guy who's there. It's like, it makes no sense. It's like, I've not seen you here before. It's like, yes, I just moved. Too many murders happening in the hood. Um And he's from something too, isn't he? I'm looking at Tommy Tiny Lister is the actor's name, Um, and he's... Oh, he's the president in The Fifth Element. There you go. Yeah,
1: well, on top of that, he also was in the dark... He was the prisoner um, in The Dark Knight who who took the detonator and decided Mm -hmm. not to detonate it, but... Long before that, he starred in Hulk Hogan's first movie, No Holds Barred, as the villain, Zeus, and was later brought into the WWF to fight Hulk Hogan as his character from Hulk Hogan's No Holds Barred.
0: Wow. Okay, then. There you go. I'm also seeing here uh, another lost connection. Uh, he was recently uh, in a TV or a movie called Boon, The Bounty Hunter. So, um, good to see that Boone's getting his own spin-off, uh, after all the cheese in lost. Uh, he's now a bounty hunter. But I mean, th- again, this scene is just so random. What is the point of this scene? He wants chewing gum. He's only got smoker's gun, gum. He then hears on the radio that he, this is Nicholas, he hears on the radio that the sandwich shop is like, there's a crime happening there. And then, then he gets so excited, the gas attendant, that he's got like three dollars change left over that he hasn't been able to give back to Nicholas, like again, this scene has no purpose in this movie, but it's brilliant. I don't know why.
1: It's actually um, one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, to be honest.
0: <laughs> it's, just, it's just so random. Uh, Nicholas runs to the store, sees um, Miss, Mr. Green, is his name, stabbed against the wall, who apparently is still alive enough to say something. Uh, then the cops show up, and are just so blasé about the whole situation. Um, before Nicholas, uh, they get taken back to the cop station. We find out you've got Sergeant Cock and Bush. <laughs> <laughs> To which Nicholas has a conversation with the desk attendant or whatever it is about, you know, I wouldn't say no to Bush, but I prefer cock. Um, and this is when he's got the flin flon bombers jumper on or the jersey on, um... The cops are looking at a map of all the different killings. They're like, oh, it's the Christmas tree killings. It's like the, it's like a map of a Christmas tree. This is like, they're just so blase about it. This has been happening in hell for what, 24 hours? And they're just like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is where all the killings are. <laughs> um, she, then he calls up Emily de Raven. She comes and gets him. They go back to his house. Um, Goldberg kills all the cops. Uh, and then somehow kills one of them by pinning him against the wall with the Christmas tree pins. How the hell does he stab them through the body? They're like tiny little pins, but whatever. Um, and then Goldberg starts chasing after, uh, Emily DeRaven and Nicholas in the car, uh, to which Nicholas eventually shoots him because she's got bullets in the little cigarette holder or something like that. Um, and I might just leave it there before they rush home, but, um, Oh, God, this movie's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know what to say. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, the kids getting their heads blown off. It's just, it's one of those things that no movie would dare to do. Because uh, even in a movie that's, that is like a parody, uh, they're not going to have children getting their heads blown off. But this movie does it. That's what you. It's so good Um, The gas station attendant too uh, I I don't know if you noticed The name of the gas station Because it's on like two sides of his shirt It's called eat here get gas That's the (laughs) name of the gas station And maybe my favorite uh, One liner from Nicholas this entire movie Here is when the gas station attendants Saying like some guy got butt fried On a stripper pole over at gold diggers (laughs) And Nicholas goes yikes that's below average. Dead <laughs> deadpan delivery. Uh, I also have to wonder why every place is open on Christmas Day. Like, this entire town yes. gas stations are open, the deli is open. <laughs> the only place that's closed is the school, what we'll see later. Yes. But otherwise, everything's open for business on Christmas Day. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, that, that joke with the Amish people, I had to rewind it because. I missed it when he said that because you could clearly tell that they're, you know, it's it's these these orthodox uh, uh, Jewish rabbis and everything. And when the the guy says, "Oh, grab the Amish group out there too," it's clearly just like these culturally insensitive racist cops. And then what makes it even better is that uh, even though they're identifying them as Amish w- without knowing their names, they just keep calling them Shlomo and Yitzhak. <laughs> So after they say, grab that Amish group out there, too, he's like, get in the car, you sack. <laughs> uh, and the the scene at the police station uh, with, uh, with Captain Cocker, um, Sergeant Bush, or whatever name <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, I, I love that <laughs> Nicholas just looks at him behind his desk, dressed in his Santa gear, and he goes, Whoa, don't we now are gay apparel <laughs> <laughs> uh, This movie's just so good. <laughs> um I think the only thing that's kinda of weird for me with this movie and I think this is one of the things that uh um, Brings the running time down is that there's so many like really abrupt cuts in this movie where it just, I almost wish that they would let some of the jokes play out a little bit longer instead of just cutting immediately away from it. Cause I, I can't imagine that, you know, you get a movie that's like three and a half hours long, like something Peter Jackson would do, and then the studio's like, you gotta at least bring it under three hours, Peter. But we're really studio execs out there who are like, ooh, you're pushing it at 81 minutes. Can you get it down to 74? Because <laughs> there's a lot of stuff here that's like, you, you could have shown a little bit more than that. You know, the, you didn't have to cut so quickly from one part to the next, but, but still just for entertainment, like none of the jokes suffer in this movie. It, it's all great. Also, um, one more thing, just going back to the claymation scene earlier on. And it's a sub moment that, uh, I, I always love when movies will put in little jokes that unless you're really paying attention or, you watch it more than once you're not gonna get. But, uh, when they start the claymation scene and, uh, Santa is dangling an elf over the hole in the ice, and you could just very quietly hear the elf going, No, Santa, please don't do it. <laughs> I'm just begging for his life. <laughs> which really has no part of the rest of the scene, but it's just, it sets up the sadisticness of Santa.
0: You, you just, you're just a dime for him to burn, basically. You're like, Oh, look at the little elf begging for his life as he's about to burn. <laughs> little sucker he deserves to burn the little shit Uh, that's how Colin works when it comes to this sort of thing Um, so Nicholas and Claire or Emily Durant, whatever her name is, uh, rushed out into the bunker with Grandpa, um, to which they see on their little um, display outside that the carolers have showed up. Oh, yes, carolers. To which uh, they think they need to run out and warn them, and Goldberg just murders all these carolers. <laughs> They deserve it. They're carolers. Um, (laughs) I do love that line when they go back into the bunker. And Nicholas is like, what a day. Trapped in a closet on Christmas Day with Santa trying to kill us. How fucked up is that? (laughs) It's like, watch your language. Uh, Santa breaks in. They all run away. They escape on snowmobiles. Uh, (laughs) Because why not? Uh, (laughs) Well. I do like before they escape on the snowmobiles how we kind of get this confrontation between Grandpa and Goldberg and you start to think like, oh, this is a little bit, you know, like these two know each other. And I think this is the part where it kind of catches on. Like, oh, clearly Grandpa's the angel from the story. um I do love the bit when he gets run over and then Goldberg turns on his head and this is from the trailer where he's like, oh, Grandpa got run over by a, gra- a reindeer. rage <laughs>
1: I watched that part like three times.
0: <laughs> but this is just like you said at the very beginning about the one-liners that are in this film, <laughs> and just Goldberg's <laughs> delivery of them is so good. <laughs> oh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer! This is so funny. Uh, we have a big snowmobile chase with Santa flying, dropping present bombs. And you can tell, like, obviously the budget wasn't that big on this film with the special <laughs> effects because there's lots of just, like, close-ups of Santa you don't really see him flying above them. They randomly snow uh, snowmobile their way through a clay target shooting practice on Christmas Day uh, <laughs> because they've got nothing else better to do <laughs> at the Hell Township than shoot clay targets. <laughs> they're trading for the Olympics. They're trading for the Flint on Olympic Games they're that serious <laughs> about it um, they bra- they go to the school as you said the only place that's not open uh, in Hell on <laughs> Christmas Day uh, we kind of get a random bit where Nicholas is trying to break through the window uh, to which Emily DeRaven finally gets through I do love um, <laughs> Emily de character in this snowmobile chase she just randomly punches the reindeer thing as it's getting close <laughs> um, she's great and then they get chased through the school. Santa can shoot fire out of himself, apparently. They hide in the library. Um, he's reading a Christmas carol. Uh, and then randomly Nicholas gets a book thrown at him, to which he drops an Austin Powers line about five seconds later. Ow, that really hurts! I was <laughs> just expecting you to say, I'm going to have a lump there, you idiot! Who throws a book? Honestly! <laughs> uh- <laughs> um, and... Then, uh, they, ba- they go out, there's an ice rink at this school, uh, they're getting chased by, uh, a Zamboni, uh, Nicholas gets a Jewish star out to which Santa's like, I'm Santa Claus, not fucking Dracula. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Great one, Lionel. <one-liner. laughs> <laughs> Then they're about to get killed before then the Zamboni's been stopped by a curling stone ooh um and I might just cap it there just before we can't have this big showdown because I'll probably do the whole rest of the movie there I mean again we're we're not rushing through this because we hate this movie we're just rushing through it because there's just not a lot going on but it's so great I mean god a Zamboni just got stopped by a curling stone I mean god what more do you need um,
1: and, and I just want to add that the snowmobile chase is actually a pretty solid action yeah. scene too. though was played for laughs. Uh, I want to go back to, um, uh, I'm just going to keep topping myself here. Now, this would be my number one Nicholas one-liner of the movie here. <laughs> so when, uh, there, uh, trying to come up with a plan, and they finally found Grandpa and everything. And Grandpa's like, Get me the tenectin. And he goes, Oh, genius. We'll use some tough acting tenectin. What are the odds of calling Son and Santa down when we can cure him of his athlete's foot? <laughs> 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 this, is a, this is a really well written movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're not joking. And grab a vampire radio. Um, I mean, here's another tagline that could have used the tagline of the movie. Just go, Bill Goldberg's like, "I'm just trying to spread a little Yuletide tide fear." <laughs> who's your daddy? Father Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> and his friends, Santa Claus is not just the son of the devil that goes around killing people. He can breathe fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> Santa's freaking Godzilla.
0: <laughs> He's got more powers than Godzilla from the other week. <laughs> <laughs> I-
1: Want Roland Emmerich to do Godzilla two with Bill Goldberg as Godzilla in a giant rubber suit?
0: <laughs> it's the baby left over in Madison Square Garden. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and and he like said this, uh, not quite the climax yet, but the big showdown with Grandpa and. Um, uh, Santa here happens on a curling ring re- with a magic curling rock that can stop a Zamboni. <laughs> uh, and of course, Grandpa coming back as an angel, which nobody saw coming. Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah I, I'm so excited to get to this final sequence here, too. <laughs> uh,
0: so, this final sequence is kind of the epic conclusion for a movie we've all been waiting for of a curling match to the death, basically. <laughs> Ah, uh, so yes, Grandpa's come back as an angel. Ah, uh, we find out that um, he moved to Hell Township, and that's how Goldberg found him. We also found find out that essentially he gave up his angelness because he fell in love with his uh, with Nicholas's grandmother, and you can't be in love; you've got to give up your powers. Um, one of my favourite random bits is also how he found him too, is when Goldberg pulls out the letter that Nicholas obviously wrote when he's a kid, and you've got this big burlesque guy reading it in a little kid's voice. <laughs> Dear Santa, I want <laughs> <laughs> just so funny. And of course, it ends with "I want an easy pick." <laughs> <laughs> and the look on Nicholas's face, where he's just going, kind of like, eh, "Yeah, right, whatever. I wanted an easy pick." <laughs> <laughs> and um, we then, yeah, get a rehash of the claymation before where it's going to be the curling match to the death. Uh, apparently, the uh, gate to hell is under the ice rink here in the hell township. So, you know, lo and behold, if they don't freeze out enough, uh, you know, g- during the next hockey season. Um they curl um they curl, is that the correct terminology? Grandpa curls, gets it straight to the edge of this hole, for which some reason the scoreboard manages to work and goes Eah! home, goes one nil. And then you think Goldberg's about to do the same. he just picks up grandpa and slides him down the hole to which he falls falls in the hole, you hear all these people screaming. Um, but then this clock that Nicholas has been given earlier by Mr. Green is still coming in handy because Christmas is officially over at the North Pole. Um, then Santa says, no, at the North Pole, that's where all the time zones intersect. So like, Christmas ends wherever I want. Is it Emily Ravens like, oh, who knew that he was so smart or something yeah. like that?
1: Her line, her line after he goes, uh, the, the North Pole is where all time zones converge. And then she's like, he's scary yet educational. <laughs>
0: She's so good in this movie. I I want to go back to every episode where bagged out Emily Durabin (laughs) as a bad actor. I think Noah and I even started up this joke about the Emily Durabin school of acting. Uh, (laughs) just go and learn how not to act. Um, This should be a school. She's great in this movie. She's got great comedic (laughs) timing as well. She's like Chris Hemsworth, like this Australian actor who actually can do well at comedy and not the serious stuff.
1: Is that all Australians? <laughs> like, you can't take anything seriously, but if you got- if you got to be a comedic genius like yourself or Chris Hemsworth...
0: <laughs> well, Hugh Jackman's funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> Eric Banner started off as a comedian. Russell Crowe... <laughs> there you with- go! Eric like Banner! <laughs> Russell Crest from New Zealand, so, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, Hugo Weaving was funny in Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh- <laughs> uh, I'm sure Heath Ledger was funny once. Uh- <laughs> Pete Blanchett? Sure. <laughs> 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 Tony Collette's funny. Uh- <laughs> God, the list goes the crocodile on. Hunter? Yeah. Steve Irwin. <laughs> Look at all the hilarity that comes out of
1: Australia. (laughs) (sighs) Bananas in
0: pajamas. (laughs) Simon (laughs) Sam. Oh, wait. No, you don't get that one. Uh, (laughs) The Campbell sisters. Oh, wait. They're just funny because they suck. Um, So... (laughs) We then get poor old Santa though gets shot from the nutcracker. Um <laughs> he then leaves and he goes outside in his sleigh, then we meet random people outside, including what uh Emily DeRabbin's brother, a Native American who has a robot sort of voice with the <laughs> cigarette thing, whatever that's called called. And then randomly, um, Claire's dad, Emily Durant's dad, shows up with a bazooka, having tried to blow up Santa and the reindeer. Blood and guts go everywhere. The poor old priest has been impaled on the flagpole. <laughs> guts everywhere. Um, and then somebody's like, I was one of his altar boys. And everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, and then we get the random moment where Emily Durabin and Nicholas kiss, where it's like, you hit like a girl, you kiss like a guy. <laughs> <laughs> so awkward. They finally make out, and then it ends with Goldberg showing up at an airport, looking like a biker, flying to Winnipeg, because Winnipeg <laughs> is the uh, world capital of connecting flights to the North Pole. <laughs> Um, and then his only bag is a sack. And I love the woman's like, has your sack been out of your sight at all? <laughs> and then the credits end with basically uh, sort of like a cast list without anybody's names on it. Then we have bloopers spread throughout the credits. The credits have a naughty or nice list sort of next to the names. And then it ends with Goldberg turning to the camera going, who's next? <laughs> this movie is amazing
1: <laughs> yeah i want to add something in here and that's the the final i guess climax of this is basically um santa's sleigh in the air and uh all of the hunters like um the the, the voice box guy and the the dad and everything uh and nicholas just selling them saying this is all of your dream. This is like, you know, this big hunting group. It's like, you can take down a flying buck. And they're actually like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I <laughs> don't even think Santa's killing people, and, but it's actually, it, it's, it's a very exciting moment because you have like the Carol of the Bells being played with the, it's this really action packed tension music. It, it, it's a very effective, like action climax for a movie on top of being kind of funny. Um, and yeah, so much good stuff there in the end, uh, with, um, the, the, uh, the thing with the grandpa and Santa curling, which is hilarious. Uh, I love that line. It's like, he's scary and educational. And then Dave Thomas is Pastor Timmons when, uh, he crashes. They think they shot down Santa, but it just turns out to be the pastor. And like, Pastor Timmons is the psycho Santa guy. And then that guy, of course, is like, what a scandal. I was one of his altar boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, This is where I I feel sad, though, because I watched this entire movie. I'm like, well, this movie's great. But when they ended it with Claire saying to Nicholas, wait, you're not going to tell them that this isn't the real Santa? He goes, no, Christmas is over. Which, by the way, how do we know Christmas is over? We don't know, like... The, the the it's still christmas somewhere so the north pole could just be he, he could still kill them if he wants but he's like no christmas is over there's no need for them to live in fear you know right there they're setting up for a sequel and then they end it with goldberg hitching a flight to winnipeg <laughs> which is fantastic um and then going over the, the naughty list at the end, of course. Uh, like, this was made for a sequel. It's been 13 years since this came out. Where's our Santa <laughs> Slay sequel? <laughs> I was so disappointed watching these teases and there knowing that it never happened. Bill Goldberg, uh, make this happen. Brett Ratner, make it happen. Whoever the director friend of Brett Ratner's is, make it happen. Uh, if you can't get the original cast back... There's some great understudies at the Emily de Raven School of uh, Acting. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's lots of fresh young talent out there willing to take this project on.
0: Uh, <laughs> we'll make all. it. I just, we'll do it we'll without budget. Bill Goldberg, we, we will pay gold you gold. with... We, I don't know, i got we are got somewhere here. It. I'm in New Zealand, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, it's such a great movie. And of course, just ending it um, on that uh, who's next thing, which of course... You know when Goldberg was like the biggest star in wrestling for close to a year, he would just go out kill people, never say a word. But the only thing he would ever say is "Who's next?" And that was the thing—like he's just going to take everybody on. So, kind of a, a, just a nod to Goldberg at the end there, which was great. Uh, but yeah, I love this, and I, I want to see the sequel where he lands in Winnipeg. I mean, there we go. We we don't even have to travel anywhere. We've got the location of the sequel already. All I need is Bill Goldberg. And uh, uh, Fran Drescher burning, uh, the the hands of James Caan. Just give me a couple of throwbacks to the first movie, and I will make this movie happen. And a flin flon hockey team.
0: Uh, well, exactly. I want that jersey. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking at his uh, filmography. And since Santa Slay, Bill Goldberg has done Half Past Dead, Two Kill Speed minkow holy jingles and clyde 3d nine legends and american satan so how has he not managed to fit in you know like some of those sound very similar roles to me um you know like he's apparently <laughs> in- I, I don't know um maybe um he was in looney tunes back in action i don't he was in what looney tunes back in action
1: Oh, was it a cameo as himself?
0: I don't know. Maybe he played Bugs Bunny or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very similar. Status. He was Brendan Fraser's twin. Um, <laughs> that movie. I don't know. Um, all right. We don't have. Do we have any reviews for this film? Uh, did you find any?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. We couldn't find any for Santa with muscles. I doubt we're gonna find one for Santa's sleigh.
0: <laughs> Is it on Rotten Tomatoes? Um. We can find it here. It's got a 42% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and there is... Oh, here we go. Critics reviews. There are three critics reviews here. Um David Nusser from Real Film Reviews. Uh, the opening bit here is... Goldberg delivers an appropriately tongue-in-cheek performance imbuing his Santa Claus with a nice balance of male violence and sleaziness... Then we have David Cornelius from Hollywood Bitch Slap. Well, that's my favourite magazine to read. Uh, it's cheap, it's goofy, but it's surprisingly smart and endlessly entertaining. And then Ryan Cracknell from Movie Views. Santa Slay stands as one of the ultimate Christmas B-flicks. For my time, it's no Jack Frost or Jack Frost 2, but it does have a couple of inspiring moments. Uh, <laughs> and then there's some audience reviews. Um, Bruce Bruce, who is a super reviewer. On Rotten Tomatoes says I didn't expect much from this movie but it turned out to be somewhat enjoyable as Bill Goldberg was a riot. It definitely has a sick twist to the story of Christmas, but take it with a sense of humor, you'll be all right. Those those who have rated it low, I believe you were expecting a little too much. I would say it's worth four stars and a night of enjoyment. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, somebody bought it for $4 at a DVD store. I'd heard about this movie. Oh,
1: why can't I find it?
0: And how funny and terif- terrify it was. Santa Slay is a terrific, above-average comedy horror film with plenty of laughs and awesome kills. There you go.
1: <laughs> Can I do I- the box office
0: now? Yeah, please. I want to learn about this, because I can't find any other information about this movie.
1: <laughs> okay, so this movie was released direct-to-DVD, uh, in North America, and I'm guessing everywhere in the world, uh, in October of 2005. Now, one country has box office earnings for this movie, and this one country makes up 100% of its box office total worldwide. In... <laughs> February of 2006, Santa's sleigh opened in the United Arab Emirates and made $6,982 wow. for a final worldwide gross of $6,982, <laughs> all from the United Arab Emirates.
0: I've actually found that chart now. I see where you see it. Um, <laughs> that weekend in the United Arab Emirates... Um, Underworld Evolution was the number one film. It opened for $346,479, followed by The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, Cheaper by the Dozen 2, Shop Girl, Walk the Line. Asylum, and Santa's Sleigh. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. It's competition. Oh, right, I know. I mean, gosh, United Arab Emirates, the um the Middle East Hollywood, basically everyone knows it as. Um... <laughs> One thing we didn't do with Standard with Muscles is we didn't look at the plot words. Uh, but one thing here I've actually found on IMDb as well is the parent's guide. Uh, so this is where oh users boy. can uh, type for parents who want to see if this movie suitable. Okay, so the certification for this film in the uh, US was rated R for violence language and some sexuality slash nudity. In Australia, uh it was rated MA fifteen plus. Here in New Zealand it was rated R sixteen. Uh, and in Canada it was rated thirteen plus in Quebec. Um so underneath here it says sex and nudity, mild. Some topless women are seen at a strip club. Some puns are made on a character with the name cock, pronounced cock. Uh, <laughs> violence and gore. Many scenes of violence, sometimes bloody, including a man being stabbed in the neck by a menorah, a sharpened candy cane in the eye, exploding presents, a man is run over with a sleigh, a woman's hair is set on fire, a man's hands <laughs> are, sk- are stabbed, a man is impaled by a flagpole, a Christmas tree star is thrown into a woman's back, a man has a pickaxe stuck in his head, a woman is impaled in her throat, a man is electro- electrocuted by a stripper pole, and a man is tased in the crotch. And then it has, literally has, Profanity, fuck, is said eight times. Also, shit, hell, damn, bitch, fag, ass, prick. Uh, <laughs> then alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Some people smoke cigarettes. And frightening and intense scenes. Some viewers may find the scenes with Santa to be frightening, especially if they are younger children who still believe. On the other hand, <laughs> if they're familiar with professional wrestling, Goldberg's presence will diffuse most of the horror. <laughs> And then five finishes up with, this movie is meant to be stupid and not scary, much like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. (laughs) All right, we've found our new favourite page at IMDb. Have you found the plot keywords? Oh, no, I didn't realise I was supposed to look. Okay, well, there's my favourite category here, and I definitely think we need to do this month next year, female to male footsie playing. Uh (laughs) Coming soon to the US Network, it's Female to Male Footsie Playing Month. (laughs) The top five films for female to male footsie playing are Dark Shadows, Gypsy, X-Men 2, Juice Bigelow European Gigolo, and The Virgin Suicides. I don't think we need to read any more of these categories. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Although, actually, there is a decapitated child category. (laughs)
1: Like, who sat down and did the research (laughs) on female footsie playing in the history of cinema?
0: (laughs) We have decapitated child and double child murder categories. (laughs) This year, on the off-network, Decapitated Child Month. <laughs> Featuring, hereditary, AI, artificial intelligence, trick-or-treat, and let the right one in. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, we're buying this movie, aren't we? <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's on my Christmas list this year,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this movie is so good <laughs> um, what are we doing next week Colin I don't even think we've worked out their order Getting can, can top this
1: <laughs> let's decide now let's pick one
0: uh, how about a Muppet's Christmas Carol? Uh. All right.
1: A so Muppet's Christmas Carol next week. We will be joined by Jamie. Will Mallory be on that one?
0: I'll make a come on this one, surely.
1: Okay. And I'm going to get Jamie to watch this, and we will give her a chance to review it. It's 74 minutes of your life. You can do me one favor.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I've, this is one of the ones I have seen. Um, I mean, this sort of loosely used to be on like my yearly list of watching it, but it kind of faded away. I think I used to watch this with my mum a lot. Um, it's probably been a good five to ten years since I've watched it, but, uh, Michael Caine's in it. We like Michael Caine, don't we? Uh,
1: so this one will be interesting for me because, I'm like a huge fan of the Christmas story. Even the, the book, uh, if you, it's not even a full book, it's less than 100 pages, but the, the the novella of Christmas story, I read that story every single year, and I've seen probably almost every version of a Christmas, uh, uh sorry, I keep saying a Christmas story, a Christmas carol. Uh, I've seen almost every version of a Christmas carol that's ever been made, but I've probably only seen the Muppets Christmas Carol maybe two or three times in my life. Uh, and it's been a couple of years since I've seen it as well. Jamie is absolutely obsessed with this. And I know most people – some people actually look at it, despite being a Muppets movie, as being like one of the ultimate Christmas Carol adaptations. Uh, but I'm also a big fan of the Muppets too, Uh particularly like the older Muppet movies before they started doing like these adaptation things. So I like like the original Muppet movies. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see if this holds up. I do remember liking this as a kid. Uh, I love Michael Caine. Uh, I love Michael Caine in anything. Michael Caine in a Muppets movie is like a dream come true. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited to do it, but uh, I'm probably going to be the one coming into this with the the least amount of knowledge on it, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting because I think this is the last one that we added to the list, basically, because, <laughs> you know, we had four to do, then we turned it into six. So, um yeah, sadly, I don't think Michael Caine is going to be uh, impaling Kermit the Frog on a flagpole or anything like that, so... um Oh, if only. Know, they might have redone this movie. It's been a while again since I've seen it, so perhaps. <laughs> uh But we've still got a couple more Christmas movies that come after this. We've still got Die Hard and Jingle all the way to get to. <laughs> uh the laughs keep coming along uh but in the meantime you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter subscribe and all the other channels and give us a five-star review because we're telling you to because that's what we do and um i'm apparently rhyming now a lot uh but yes this has uh been a fun fun episode much better than last week Go out right now and watch santa's sleigh because um it's great and you should watch it my name is ben and I'm just so glad that I'm not poor or Samoan.
1: Oh, that was my line. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. My name is Colin, and uh, this episode was brought to you
0: by Tough Actin Tin Actin. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.